Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. I'm quite sure that some of you have had the same experience that I have and probably been involved in it. Not too long ago, I was having coffee with the group and one of them sitting in the group was staring off into space, seemingly, and thinking. And someone else in the group said, well, I'll give you a penny for your thought. Now, you've had that to happen to you or you've been involved in it. And we pass it off like that. But if you would turn back into the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, the 23rd chapter and the 7th verse, you will find something written like this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. A penny for your thoughts, my goodness. Beloved, your thoughts to you are worth more than you would ever possibly could conceive and dream of. How do you think? Or what is your mind this morning? It must be about five of every six books that's been printed here within the last two or three years. It has something to do with this mind of ours and program this mind. This past week, I received from one of the places in Pennsylvania that manufacture the biofeedback equipment. That is this equipment electronically. You attach it to you some way, this one, use all you have to do is lay your hand on the thing, strap it to your hand, and put the earphone in your ear, and it tells you what's going on inside of your brain or your internal being uh, by the way that it sounds. Now, most of us are familiar with this type of thing. It's a very interesting, very fascinating type of thing that electronically a piece of equipment can tell you how your mind and when your mind changes and how it changes up. And at the instant that it changes up, it's unbelievable, really, unless you have been following the last few years. We are in a different area today uh, where we have really become to understand something of the potential of this mind of ours and something of its greatness. A man years ago said, and I agree with him, and it's still so today, that the greatest discovery is going to be made probably in all probability within our lifetime is going to be made within the human brain is how... We can unlock this thing and get it to do the things that we would like to have it to do for us. Some things that are unbelievable at this moment. I remember just a year or so ago that I saw one of my dear young friends that uh, I had known through the years and grown up sort of with, uh, in a way, or he had grown up uh, with me. And I noticed that he was walking funny, coming toward us. And I asked my friend, another young friend sitting there by me, and I said, uh, what is wrong with Bob? said, oh, did you know that uh, Bob had an operation uh, just about three months ago and he had a brain tumor and had it removed that the doctors say that he's going to be fine now. So Bob came on over and walked a very staggering type of a walk and sat down and we began to talk. And among other things that Bob said to me, he says, I never realized the human brain was so complicated. He said, I've had to relearn some things that I thought that I knew long ago. And I am just now, as you can tell, learning how to walk again. He said, but this mind of mine and what the doctors have been telling me about it is really an amazing situation. Beloved, in the midst of all of this 
reading and words that are heaped upon words and phrases upon phrases and books upon books today talking to us in terms of this mind of ours and by and large a great bit of it is true and it's worth the reading. But when we turn back to the scriptures we find that the, actually the scriptures divide by and large our minds into three parts as the way a man thinks. They knew it was important then. Jesus knew it was important. The scriptures knew it important. The writer of the wisdom literature knew that it was important. But what we feed into these minds of ours. But the scripture refers to this mind of ours made up in three categories, so to speak, or three schools of thought. And one of them he labels in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter and the 7th verse. You remember Paul is talking about a carnal mind. A carnal mind. Well, what is a carnal mind? Well, none of us have a carnal mind this morning, but because we have usually thought in terms of that being something that was really base and lewd and something that we as uh, people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are not caught up in. But beloved, it's not quite that way because you see, a man can have this type of mind that thinks that he can have peace and happiness by satisfying the desires of this body. Now he can be a good man, as the way the world goes. He can make a fine neighbor. He can work from sun up to sundown and into the night, trying to amass enough wealth and get together enough money that he might be able to have all of the things, the comfort that this world in which we live has to offer and it has a great deal to offer. And this man can be possessed with this mind. I am quite sure from time to time most of us are caught up in this type of thinking that if we can only get another this or another that or if we can get this or the other uh, that we would be completely at ease and peace for the last come and we would be comfortable. Well, if you've ever been caught up in that you know that you have drifted into the area uh, that uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about. Uh, where we give prime consideration to the needs of this body completely and totally look at our world today. Oh, there are many wonderful people out there, but how many of them are involved today? The only thing that they can possibly think of is the needs, of, as Paul calls it, of the flesh. The needs of the body. Do we not live in a day where we say that it is no need to deny our body anything? Anything the thing calls for, well, okay, go ahead and let it have whatever it might be. Well... You must know that if you're caught up in this type of thinking, that you're caught up exactly in the mind that Paul has said is objectionable to God. We think that we will be able to find that life through drinking a little more, or through the drug route, or whatever other type of escape we might use uh, to deadness in relation to the reality of the world in which we live. But beloved, we're called and counseled to be careful at this point and not be so foolish as to think that we can satisfy the desires of this body and be able to find peace. That's an impossibility. One of the great confusions of our age is right now is because there's a great many people who have been able to accumulate enough wealth and make enough money to be able to go into the marketplace and buy whatever the mind and the heart dictates to them that they would like to buy. And only come as a young lady who was talking the other day, very distressed. She says, the husband and I have been able to provide one of the most lovely homes that we could ever possibly dream of. And we have it. It is ours. 
If you'd come into my home, you would find that it is furnished with all the beautiful furniture that is necessary to furnish this home in a beautiful way. And then she looked straight at me and said, we drive two cars and we have a place down on the lake and, and we have a boat and so forth and so on. But why am I not happy? Why am I so miserable? Well, what have you been thinking about lately? We talk to people and they say, well, the church is too restricting for me. I don't want to commit myself uh, to the church and to the Lord Jesus Christ. That would restrict my life. You know, in the times past, I used to go down quite often, well, in fact, once a week, to the jail here within the city. And I found that jail to be filled with people who were free, or they thought they were. But I would leave it to you that who was the most free? Those who abandon all restrictions within their life and follow every whim that comes to them until at last they become a slave to the desires of this body. Now which has the more freedom? The person that has indulged himself in everything that can be imagined upon the face of this earth to give him some peace and tranquility and some type of an emotional feeling or the man that knows who and what he is and can say no to the desires of this body simply because he is committed to a Lord. Well, we're not born with such a man. We're born with a mind that is completely free of all of this. And we have the type of mind, the carnal mind that the Apostle Paul is talking about is simply because we have programmed our mind that way and that's the way it feeds back to us. And that's the dictates that we get. Well, the Scripture speaks also of a double-minded man. A double-minded man. You know... A double-minded man is the most unhappy man that I have ever met in this world. Because this man is conscious of two worlds. He's conscious of the physical world in which he lives. And he is conscious of the spiritual world in which he lives. I think by far the most unhappy people down through the years that I have come in contact with, that I felt were so distressed and so unhappy were those that I could categorize, just as the scripture does here, as a double-minded person. And they want the best of both worlds. They want to sow, but they do not want to reap. I'm reminded of St. Augustine of long ago. He wanted to be saved, but not just yet. I think of one of the old characters, one of the old prophets within the Old Testament as the perfect example of what I'm trying to say. And that was a man by the name of Balaam. Now, he knew that he was God's prophet, and the people did. But Balaam was a type of person that had a double mind. He wanted what God had, and he wanted also what this world had to offer. And you remember that there were a group of people that hired Balaam to come and to curse God's people, or tried to get him to. And he fell for it, knowing full well that this was distasteful. But he could not make his mind up completely and totally to be the servant of God and God alone and to serve his people and to work with them. And one of the saddest pieces of scripture that you're going to find is when it writes this final story to old Balaam and it says that he is listed on the battlefield among the people who have fallen there as the enemies 
of God and His people. A double-minded man. A most miserable, unhappy person, to say the least. You know, I'm amazed. I am really astounded and amazed that we do as well as we do. How we live in this world and have our hand upon the, this world and the good things in it and also have a hold of God and His kingdom and then we vacillate between the two back and forth. Back and forth. One of the weaknesses of us, whether we be an individual or whether we be a church and God's people, we really cannot make up our mind that we are going to be a servant of God regardless of what the cost might be. No, we want to think in terms of what is good for me and what is good for where I am at this moment in the world. And doesn't it come to us sometimes in a distasteful way when our God in our church calls on us to make a sacrifice? Beloved, I'll tell you, it's been a long time since I've heard anyone foregoing a pair of shoes in order that they might be able to give to the kingdom of God. It's been a long time since I've heard a lady say to me, Preacher, I'm not going to buy that new refrigerator that I need in order that I might be able to make my commitment the way that I think it ought to be to God and to His kingdom. Maybe we still do. How can we deliver our soul in this society in which we live? Unless we can come to the place where we can be rid of this sin or this state of being where we want to hold on uh, to the best of uh, both worlds. Beloved, there will be no peace. There will be no tranquility as long as we have a double mind. Only those and those alone who have committed themselves totally and completely to the Lord Jesus Christ will ever know any peace upon the face of this God-given earth. We want a strong church. We want a strong people. You want to be strong in this life. You want to be able to stand and to be counted as the person that you really are. What are you thinking within your mind? Where is your mind locked? What have you been feeding to it? Have you been feeding into this computer the things of this world? Or have you been feeding into it the things that belong and pertain to the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God? And I want to tell you, as long as we feed into it, those things that pertain to this world in a way that it will keep us from being in the kingdom of God the person that we ought to be. You can never be. Because, beloved, you will be no greater than you think in your mind that you are. You're just as great as the thoughts that you think. A double-minded man. Well, if you want to see what the Scriptures really think, I'm the Lord Jesus Christ really thinks, turn on the book of Revelation. And he speaks of these people as lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. Would to God that they were either cold or hot, but being lukewarm, he says, that he will spew them out of his mouth. No place for them. Confused, frustrated, and bewildered. And then there's another man. And Paul calls our attention to that man this morning when he talked about the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Oh, he tells us what he's talking about, too. 
doesn't leave us to guess about it. He says, in effect, the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ is obedient man. Obedient to the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of what will come first to me or to you as a Christian and the things that pertain to this world. It's only one question that we ask, Lord, what would you have us to do? What is it in this situation? It's not a matter of whether we're going to follow him today or follow something else tomorrow. An obedient man. Jesus had the obedient mind even to the cross. To doing the things that were so very difficult for him to do even unto death. Well, beloved, that same scripture that speaks about the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. As hard as it might seem, don't you know it is one and the same scripture that speaks to you and declares that this has got to be your position as well? Obedience unto the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm going to reach any measure of maturity, if I'm going to reach any measure of security and peace and tranquility, here is where it is found and the only place that it can possibly be found is this commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ that calls me and tells me to be obedient unto this call. Paul said is also a humble man. Here he was, the Son of God. I suppose if anyone could have said upon the face of this God-given earth that there are some things beneath me, Jesus could have looked to God and said, Now God, look, the cross is just beneath me. All of this that I've got to go through, this shame and being mistreated, and it's just beneath me. But when Jesus knew that God called, he acted upon that call. A humble man. And in closing with, Jesus was of a single man. Wherever you found him. Beloved, let us distill within our thinking the same thing. You see, we're not talking of something that is foreign and just unique with the Lord Jesus Christ and completely and totally foreign to us. Because you see, beloved, the same thing can be yours regardless of where you are and what you're doing. Your job doesn't have anything to do with it. Your position, your standing in our society where you live, the color of your skin, your education, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it at all with your commitment to Christ. Let this be the single solitary thing that we live for. We do all these other things, but this is a thing at the center of our life that our life pivots around. And that is we are called to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if it happens to be in my home washing the dishes, let it be understood that here's where I stand. If it happens to be in school as a student, let it be understood that here's where I stand. If it happens to be in some office somewhere or wherever it might be, let this be understood that here is where I stand. These other things around which I have my being, but at the center of my being, as I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and anchor my heart and my soul as best I know how at this point. And everything in my life, whether it be my work, my leisure, or whatever you, or whatever you have, 
will center around this that I believe. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be as committed as a single drop of rain that falls from the sky this morning. Take note that wherever that drop of water falls, it may fall on the distant hills that surround the city. It may fall here upon the hard street. But wherever that drop of water falls, you can count on it only having one purpose, seemingly. And that is to make its way back uh, to the mother body of water, the sea. You can trap it and hold it for a while. But as long as it exists, turn it loose. And it knows in what direction to go. And it will make its way back to the river and back to the sea. Oh, I say to my soul, why can't you, with your understanding, why can't you, with your ability and capability, why can't you, with a mind that is able to think and set your course, why can't you be just as committed and dedicated as this drop of water? Let yourself be set on your course to return one day completely and totally to the Lord Jesus Christ. And whether you be delayed for a little while makes little difference. Or whether you stop along the way the water this or that or the other to make it green and grow makes little difference. But we're on our way back to the one who created us. And nothing in this life or Paul says, the life to come beyond, below this earth, or in it, will keep us from setting our mind on the one who has called us and walk in that direction until at last, until at last we come in complete and total contact with him. Our Father, help us that we might take courage and help us to know that today we can choose a way that will surely deliver these souls of ours to the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 